we should start off the podcast by um, asking the people in the audience, would you like chicken or beef? Yeah. <laughs> I got so tired of that. Yeah. The stewards call it. Chicken or beef? Chicken or beef? That's a good story. <laughs> I couldn't do it yeah. anymore, man. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Global Church Podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Jim. And uh, both of us just returned in the last couple days from two different trips. Yeah. I just got I was in, yesterday morning. Yep. And I got home the day before uh, from Thailand mm-hmm. and you were in Malawi. And right. So what happened in Malawi? What all what all took place? And yeah. Yeah. How'd it go? Had a really good trip. And uh, like we mentioned uh, to you guys uh, two weeks ago, I met Cedric there and had a excellent time with the Chichewa pastors uh, going through Ephesians uh, the first three days and then the second three days going through uh, first Corinthians so yeah it was a really good time hmm. yeah so what were some of the what were some of the highlights yeah uh, a couple interesting things <laughs> that took place during the study time with the large group is that uh, when we started off by just uh, seeing if there were any questions or things like that. Um, one of the, there were four people uh, that there was, that was their first time, hmm. never been there before. Hmm. And there's probably 60 total. Um, one of the gentlemen asked a question, um, and we, we actually we were a couple of days into the teaching. And so at the end of each session, we would say, you know, does anybody have any questions? Does anybody have any comments hmm. about the session that we had just taught? And so um, I had just finished up the session. And this gentleman asked a question about how does the Ten Commandments uh, fit into what we're talking about with the, um, you know, with the positional truth that we were laying out uh, in the first three chapters of Ephesians. Hmm. And so I thought that was really interesting and communicated to us Again, like we were talking about on our previous time that we were all together here with the, with the podcast two weeks ago, teaching foundationally and systematically and chronologically, here was a gentleman who, whose first time it was mm. and having questions about how do the Ten Commandments fit in with what we were teaching. Mm. So his question uh, clearly indicated that he had never been there before. Mm. And so that's my point. Right. And, um, and that became very evident. Very evident, mm-hmm. right. And so uh, <clears throat> because people that had been there f- through all the teaching, you know, with creation in Christ and with position in Christ and Acts, Romans, and now Ephesians, they knew how that worked. Mm-hmm. You know, they knew how the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments, how the Old Testament law, they knew how all that fit together. So hmm. it was just insightful that... Um, the the benefit mm-hmm. of, of coming consistently you know yeah. to all the teaching and so i was glad the guy was there yeah you know, don't get me wrong sure and there were a couple other people that were there for the first time did were any of the um the any of the chichewa pastors did they like did they speak up and answer his question at all or did they give yeah they did <clears throat> yeah yeah they did uh they answered the question and they also were able to say um that's again that's the benefit of of, of coming all right all, all the, the time. time yeah and um they said that they would um you know make sure that he got the lessons yeah. that he hasn't gotten yet 
Right. And then um, we talked about how uh, somebody needs to bring that bring not only him but the other people that were there, you yeah. know, up up to speed. Yeah. So, yeah, when I started off uh, the very first day. So back back yeah. to that again, just to be um, try and be a little more specific about. Um, the how because he hadn't been there because this was his first time right and the others knew how the ten commandments fits into the grand scheme of things Mm -hmm. specifically what we're talking about is that god's purpose in giving the law was for the purpose of revealing our sin Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that we would recognize our sinfulness in preparation to receive jesus as a deliverer right and so that's a major that's a major focal point, major foundational point coming through creation of Christ, coming through the Old Testament. And right. when, when you've missed out on all that teaching, then you don't have a clear grasp of why the Tenth Commandments was given. Yeah. And so him asking that question exposed the fact that he hadn't been taught through all that foundational truth. And so, exactly. Yep. Yeah, 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 exactly right. Yeah. And the the... the Right when we got there, the first session that we had, I did a bit of a review, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, where we had been in Romans last time that we were there, mm-hmm. you know, where we were gonna, going in Ephesians this time that we were, in, we were there. And again, just communicating to them the importance of studying chronologically and systematically and progressively and just kind of doing review in a big picture like of, of what we've been doing. and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know why we're now in Ephesians and what the the just introductory is of what the content of Ephesians was going to be in light of everything that we've done, mm-hmm. and so um, when this gentleman uh, posed his question and spoke up, um, we actually were able to use it as an example. Hmm. Uh, we didn't single the guy out that um, hey, uh, you shouldn't be here. <laughs> You know, we didn't do right, that. Right. Um, we didn't make it look like it was, you know, wrong or bad or an error. Sure. But it was an example yeah. as to why right. it's good to start at the beginning. Right. And um, the benefit and the value of starting at the beginning and going all the way. All the way because through. these guys are pastors. Right. And we're not we're not just there just to teach them the truth, but we're there to also train and disciple them in how to pass the truth on the other people right and so it was a great opportunity to give them a case in point of, exactly this is why it's important for you to teach this way yeah, exactly <clears throat> yeah so we took that opportunity right. opportunity to do that not right. to make the folks that were there for the first time feel bad but <clears throat> use it as an example right yeah yeah it was good hmm. and then another um another situation where this was somebody that that has uh, been coming for a while hmm. We were midway through, um, I think, chapter 2 of Ephesians, and again, talking about all that we have in Christ Mm. and just the wealth that we have because of the finished work of Christ and our position in Christ. And this gentleman um, posed the question, in light of all that's true of grace and all that's true of our position, where does guilt fit in hmm. and when light of, in, in terms of grace yeah oftentimes when we sin we feel guilty mm-hmm. we struggle with condemnation hmm. things like that 
uh, where does guilt and condemnation fit in with grace, uh, our position in Christ, finished work of Christ, walking by all that's true of that. Mm. And again, this was somebody that's been there from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And I think wrestling with a, a key question right. that even myself, I mean, there, sure. I, I struggle at times, yep. you know, with guilt and condemnation when I walk in the flesh and sure. and things like that. So that was a that was a question <laughs> that was relevant um, from somebody that's been there for a while. But but yeah. wrestling with that kind of a question is, I think, uh, exposing and communicating that yeah. that that this guy is really really wrestling with some. Uh, some of the deeper truths, mm-hmm. uh, understanding the position, but how does it all work right. in that sense? So that was a really insightful, and it led to a really good discussion because there wasn't anybody in the room that doesn't um, right struggle with that. doesn't struggle with that. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's very different from you know originally we went there thinking that we could just pass the lessons on to these guys and they could take the ball and run with it and. We went back after a time of them using Creation of Christ for a while, and their their questions and their feedback was, most of it had nothing to do with the lessons. It was so far out in left field, mm-hmm. we realized, well, they're just not even, they're not even getting the point of these right. lessons. So, and then that's when we began, we realized we needed to actually come and teach them through all of the lessons. So right. to go from that point to now here's a guy you know, that has been through creation of Christ, position in Christ, mm-hmm. Acts, Romans, and now is in Ephesians in the first couple chapters, which is very much about what we have been given in Christ. Right. The moment we got saved and and you're talking about things like acceptance and and like, okay, so if I'm really accepted, then why do I feel guilty? Right. Which we often right. do. I mean it just yeah. it shows the progression yep. and you know that that the foundational teaching is genuinely establishing this man in the faith, right. and yep. that's that's how it takes place. Yep, yep. That's exactly where where he was. Yeah. Um, if these things are true, and they are true, because the scriptures say they're true, mm-hmm. doesn't matter if I feel like they're true or not. They're true, no matter how I feel. Right. So if they're true, how do I reconcile my feelings of guilt and condemnation mm-hmm. with what it says is mm-hmm. true of me? And yeah, it was it was it was excellent. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, a, that really was, encouraging. That was it, it was really good. Hmm. Yeah, yep. And then, like we mentioned um, two weeks ago as well, we were able to have some of the guys teach. Hmm. Actually, all the guys taught. Um, all the all the Chichewa translation team: uh, Stuart, uh, Michael, Robin and James, hmm. all four of those guys hmm. taught. And so Cedric and I taught through the first five lessons, and then those guys took lessons um, six, seven, eight, and nine, hmm. and then they, they finished it up. Hmm. And yeah, that was great. How'd they do? Uh, they, did, they did well, they, they did well. You could hear that they were growing in their understanding mm-hmm. of of grace and the finished work of Christ and, and positional truth. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it was interesting when they would stick to the lessons, mm-hmm. um, it was clear <laughs> that they were, you know, walking through point by point by point by point. Uh-huh. And then it was interesting when they would uh, kind of get away from the lesson and kind of go on a rabbit trail for yeah. lack of a better term. 
um, they might get a bit more man-centered hmm. and works oriented huh. than, than when they were staying to the lesson. Yeah. So it was real clear. Yeah. And um, when they were, and I mean, Cedric and I had the lessons in front of us, so we yeah. were able to follow along right. as they were teaching through the lessons. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was encouraging that, um, that they enjoyed it. They, yeah. Uh, they, they had a, they, they had a good time. So then they, did they ask you for your input after they taught or? Yeah, they did. So, um, we, after the large group left, we went back to, mm-hmm. um, uh, Annie's lodge. We had three days with them where we went f- through first Corinthians. Mm. And so Cedric and I took, uh, one day in at least an hour and a half and just walked through hmm. their sessions. Huh. And, um, nice. and Cedric, Cedric did a really good job. He took a lot of notes huh. and um, was like, you know, typing away the whole time while yeah. these guys are yeah. teaching. Yeah. And um, so they were very open, very receptive to, uh-huh. you know, what, what, um, you know, what we had to say in terms yeah. of uh, just direction and input. And um, yeah, they were very, very open to hmm. wanting to know yeah. you know what our thoughts were oh, and that's awesome. how they might be able to yeah to, to just look to the lord you know really and and do hmm. you know be used by him and, and what you you know and what we're doing there with those guys it's it's really it's it's you know it's really not much different than than <clears throat> well on one hand it's not it's not a lot different but on the other hand it's very different from what they would experience or, you know, if they were to be trained in an institution, you know, like a seminary mm-hmm. or Bible school or something like that, you have these classes where you're teaching and, but then you also have classes where, you know, homiletics and, the, uh, you know, the, the art of preaching and all that kind of stuff where, where they, you know, have to get up before the class and mm-hmm. preach a message and the professor would be taking notes and, right. you know, give an input on it. Right. And, but the difference is, is that, you know, this is this is in the context of establishing churches, of right. establishing pastors who are establishing churches, right. and it's not just a theory in a classroom. Right. And and so yeah. that's awesome. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Cedric was able to be real clear and um and 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 honest with them, and I think he's been there a lot. Yeah. You know, he has a right. good relationship with those right. guys. He does. And I think it was helpful. You know, it was it was one African talking to another African. Right. I think that. I think that meant a lot yeah. as well. So he was able to actually um, like quote them. Mm-hmm. And so you said this, because yeah. he had been taking all these notes. Nice. And um, you know, you said this, and um, I wasn't quite sure what you meant by that. Mm-hmm. It's just, just what he said. Yeah. And and he says, this is what I'm, this is kind of the way it came across to yeah. me when you said that. Yeah. Um, and it was a little bit confusing. And so they were able to communicate to us what they meant by what they said hmm. and so it was really good back and forth dialogue in terms of hmm. in terms of that's their awesome. teaching that's yeah really i kind of wish good. you were there i know you know you've yeah. been there a lot through the years and so to begin to see these guys yeah doing it on their own yeah um and i recorded some so, yeah you know down the road we can nice yeah we can yeah, look forward to we can look at some of those hearing that some of those recordings those. yeah so yeah huh. yeah it was good so then um then after you met with the pastors, uh, taught them through Ephesians, and you met with the translation team and went through First Corinthians uh, in preparation for them to begin translating it. So how how did that go? It was good uh, on a couple fronts. Where 
where I knew that listening to their teaching, when I knew that there were some areas that maybe needed some clarification mm-hmm. in things that they had taught, mm-hmm. when those areas came up in the First Corinthian lessons, mm-hmm. I kind of emphasized those. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was helpful to yeah. be able to you know hear them teach mm-hmm. those four lessons and then go through First Corinthians. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took, you know, we took those we took opportunity to do that. Yeah, where something maybe needed some clarification, mm-hmm. and then they um, uh, they weren't quite clear on something. That, so as we were going through First Corinthians, we took opportunity to do that, yeah. and then we reflected back to where we were in the Ephesians lessons and mm-hmm. talked through it that way. So mm-hmm. I think that was helpful in terms of uh, just, again, thinking it through yeah. more clearly. <clears throat> so what that, that part of it wasn't even necessarily directed to the content and the context of 1 Corinthians, but it was in the bigger context of mm-hmm. all, even looking back to the Ephesians lessons. So had you not had those guys each teach a lesson, would you have known th- those areas to emphasize in First Corinthians? Not, no, right. we wouldn't have known right. where they would have needed some clarification. Right, exactly. Right, yeah, yeah. So that was very helpful. Yeah, yeah, really, really helpful. Yeah, and then, as we know, First uh, Corinthians is a book of correction, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Paul is 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 communicating to them based on their position mm-hmm. as seeing them as saints right. in Christ right. and those set apart, but he's writing them to in terms of their um, a correction. And so uh, many, many of the areas where he was uh, correcting and instructing the church in Corinth were some of the very areas where uh, they, it was very helpful for them to have hmm exposure to the correction and the direction hmm. even in the churches in Chichewa hmm. and Malawi. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So that was that was in. in fact we were running a little bit behind. Like there's 15 lessons to get through. Mm-hmm. So it was um starting Monday uh, cuz we actually went to church there on Sunday. Okay. And so I took up we didn't start studying until on Sunday until almost two thirty. Okay. So Sunday morning we didn't gone. Yeah. yeah, gone. So I was I was gonna skip a lesson or part of a lesson in terms of Christians taking believers other Christians taking Christians to court. Yeah. Which as we know first Corinthians deals with. But that's happening a lot there. So I asked the guys <laughs> as we're as we're coming back from church because I'm getting um, ready to think through, you know, what are we gonna study? Yeah. You know, where are we gonna start when we get back? Uh, from church after we drive a bite to eat, right? And I'm thinking, how can we make some make up some ground here because we're running a little bit behind. Sure. sure. So I said, um, I said, hey guys, this is in advance. I said, hey guys, is there any problem or you know, is there an issue with Christians taking Christians to court in Malawi within the Chichewa churches? In my mind, yeah, thinking no. Yeah. Uh, okay, we can skip a lesson and get ahead. You know, gain some ground. They're like, oh yeah, it's a huge problem. So you know. So to my point, yeah, all the corrective areas that mm-hmm. Paul was dealing with Corinth were very, very helpful with yeah. these guys with the with the Chichewa and yeah, there as well. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and like you said, you know, again, it's on the it's it's you know the Paul, you know, we call it correction, you know, or corrective teaching, 
but really what Paul is saying, you know, he says that I can't, I can't teach you as spiritual, but as mm-hmm. carnal. And then he gives them five proofs of their carnality, you know, five or six, however many right. it is, you know, the, right. the division, taking one another to court, abusing yep. the Lord's Supper, right. the, um, the uh, gifts, wanting to take the gifts to exalt themselves. Right. And then the yeah. guy that's sleeping with his um, Mother. stepmother or right. whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, we're all, all these things were proofs of their, of their carnality. Right. And so again, you know, to your point, the way that it builds upon, you know, okay, so these guys have just come through Romans and Ephesians, which both of those books are very key in terms yeah. of establishing us in the foundation for living the Christian life, which is our identification with Christ and the finished work of Christ. And, that our sanctification is just as much by grace in Christ as our justification was. Right, right. And so, yeah, and so now here we're coming into the living out of the Christian life, and but it's on this foundation that was yeah. laid in Romans and Ephesians. Right, and, and yeah. So, yeah. So did you feel like they were, they were catching that, you know, that this isn't just a, a standalone book that Paul is just giving you know some commands for believers to just do their best to try and follow right but it's actually built upon a foundation yeah yeah i do i, I think yeah. i really think they they were catching that yeah. uh, and, and not only does the biblical text communicate that mm-hmm. but also the lessons communicated that very well yeah. and so as we walk through the lessons over nice. and over again nice in the lessons the issue was their carnality right Right. And that they were walking in the flesh, right? And um, and so, hmm. like, I mean, it, it, it mentions that a lot in the lessons. Yeah. It actually uses the word they're you know walking in the flesh, right? And they were they were carnal in their carnality. And um, as we would roll through the lesson, I would say, you know, a point bullet point two, you know, underline this. Mm-hmm. Bullet point five, underline this, and mm-hmm. bullet point eight, underline this. And that was actually where it was pointing out that they were walking in the flesh and the issue was their carnality and that that Paul was mentioning that so that they would see that mm. in order that they would walk in the spirit. Mm. And so yeah, we just we just went over and over mm. and over and over with that. Um, almost to where when we were done it was like a broken record. Yeah. You know, by day three. Nice. They're like, yeah, yeah, okay, got it, yeah. Nice. Okay, got it. I mean you can never say it enough. Right. That's really the main point. Right. So you want to be continuing to communicate that. Yeah. But um, yeah, yeah, you know, the biblical text is communicating it, but then also, you know, mm. the lessons were as well. Yeah. So yeah, I think oh, that that's awesome. Lord willing, they got it, and and um, then they, you know, when we go back, and uh, they want us to come back uh, either late March or April, mm. early April, mm. and um, go through you know, go through first Corinthians with them mm-hmm. at that point, they said, everybody will be, te- everybody will be in Ephesians. Okay. Like right now, some of the folks are actually in Romans. Okay. Um, but they'll be finishing up Romans and then they'll be getting into Ephesians. Mm-hmm. And so by that point, everybody will be in Ephesians. Mm-hmm. And so they want us to come back, but they, they want to teach again. Yeah. And good. And it wasn't like they were reluctant. Mm-hmm. Um, but they actually want to. Nice. And so I think them having the desire to do it, we'll be able to, you know, see and hear if they caught it. Yeah. Like what we're saying. Yeah. The main 
the main theme and the points of the lessons and and then um you know lord willing we'll hear it you know when they when they teach those lessons next yeah so um originally we were when we went to malawi we started partnering with joseph sakuku Mm -hmm. uh, who was a missionary nigerian missionary sent there by ems Mm -hmm. from nigeria and he and so we worked with him in the chichewa for four years or so and then he returned to Nigeria, and then John and Dituwe Mammon were sent right. in their replacement. And we had actually invited John mm-hmm. and Dituwe to to come to our conference, right. uh, Global Church Focus Week, last, in, uh, that we had in October. Right. And they had just had a baby in July, and but uh, bottom line, they weren't able to get visas. Right. And they they had gone to Nigeria to spend an extended time and have the baby and that kind of thing. And while they're there, their house was broken into and all that. And then they weren't able to come to our conference. And so how are they doing? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, we had a good time, uh, spending time with them. In fact, on Saturday, uh, no Friday was their anniversary was their oh. five-year anniversary huh. and so john was i don't know if it's uh, you know cultural thing i think it was cultural that you just don't you know necessarily you know make that known mm. so the two-way pulled cedric aside and said hey um today's our anniversary mm. and i just wanted to let you know and cedric and i were actually thinking about taking them as a family out to eat huh. and um, nice. and so we had talked about it on the side so mm-hmm. We were able to take uh, them out to eat on Friday, mm. which was their anniversary. Mm. So we had a real special time. Nice. Uh, we found a nice little restaurant in town, mm-hmm. and um, took them out. And you know their their son John, who was you know recently born, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then their daughter. You know we all went together. So that Odessa, uh, Odessa, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So that was that was a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they've moved. Um, they got out of that place because where they were just wasn't the best spot of town. Okay. And um, they've got into a better uh, section of town. And so they're, uh, they're relocated and settled mm. uh, into a spot mm. not far from where we meet, mm-hmm. uh, kind of between where we meet and the airport. Uh, when I was visiting with John the morning that we left, he was actually talking about how God led them to to Nigeria for mm. the purpose to get their uh, visa to come here mm. but then they weren't able to come right and um, <clears throat> he just he was so appreciative to the church and uh, to FBC that you know number one that God gave them the opportunity mm-hmm. to be able to to, to go there um, to Nigeria to try to get their visas to come right. here and he said while they were there that they were able to they were there for three months mm-hmm. and so while they were there they were able to connect with a lot of people um in nigeria or in in josh and around that area and different areas mm-hmm. where they were that really took an interest in their ministry oh nice and so um their support was increased oh good and um actually God raised up enough money that they were able to get a car wow for now they have you know wheels wow and um, and blunt tire 
Uh, he's waiting to get his license. Okay. But hopefully have his license, you yeah. know, allowing license yeah. soon. Yeah, so we talked about that, and he was super appreciative. Yeah, and, good. Uh, that, you Able know, God, to see God's hand in it. Yeah, exactly. Because, hmm. you know, they'd gone to Malawi, and, um, you know, the, the scheduled furlough-type thing, trip mm-hmm. back to Nigeria, was not anywhere in the near future yeah. until you right. know, we, we helped them to get back to Nigeria to try to get right. their visas to come here. Mm-hmm. So even though in the Lord's plan they weren't able to come here, mm-hmm. he certainly used their time there right. to be you know, very encouraging and, and helpful. And, and um, so, yeah, I think, I think they really see, hmm. uh, see the Lord's hand in that. And one thing that was stolen was their computer. Mm-hmm. You know, the, we had given him money to get the computer right. a trip or two ago. Right. And so we were able to leave him money this time to get another, get another nice. computer. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. it was good and, and um, yeah. yeah the two way. Yeah, go ahead. I was just thinking, you know, just that it it's another example of just that this is God's work. Yeah, you know, we we're we're constantly making plans and and strategizing, um, which I don't think we're wrong for doing. Right. You know, we we've got to plan and strategize and 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 all that, but but ultimately it's God's work and. And, you know, God doesn't always work in ways that we expect. And I think many times he does that on purpose because he's proving that it's his work and it's not right. our work. Right. And I just remember back when Joseph Sukukum uh, just first told us that, you know, they were going to be leaving. Right. And, right. and you know the process that it takes to yeah. get pastors and established, you know, church leaders and missionaries on board with with you know what we have to offer the chronological teaching and the emphasis on grace yeah. and the finished work yep. of Christ and and not you know obedience is not the means to any part of our salvation mm-hmm. obedience is not the means to justification it's not the means to sanctification right. and it's not the means to our future glorification but i think very largely you know, widely spread it generically, it's, it, it is the focus Mm -hmm. of teaching and discipleship. And so the prospect of, you know, oh no, beginning with another new missionary. Or uh, someone that might be opposed. Yeah. Might not even want to, right. Might be going his own way and have his own material and doing his own thing. Right. Exactly. And it was daunting and it was like, okay, we've been, we've been coming here for four or five years and meeting with these pastors and we've made some progress and now you're leaving right? and you're going to send another missionary that we're beginning at, at, you know, at, at, at ground zero with and, but he's going to be there all the time with these pastors. So, you know, is he going to be fighting against and opposing and, and, um, you know, just, just the couple that God raised up and John into two way and just their humility and teachability and right. the way that they have received and embraced the teaching and discipleship. And it's just been such an amazing testimony of the grace yeah. of God and, and that it really is his work and, and that, you know, even though it looked, uh, you know, uncertain to us, yeah, yeah, he, you know, he knew what he was doing. Right. Right. And yeah, absolutely. In fact, uh, the gentleman that I mentioned earlier that asked that question about about guilt hmm. and condemnation and how does it fit with 
all that we're learning about grace and acceptance. That was John who, oh. who asked that question. Oh, okay. So there you have it. I wow. mean, just just the depth that yeah. um, you know, the God is allowing him to spiritually see things. Um, that was that was mm. great. Yes, yeah, mm. so it's you know testimony again what you're sharing there. Yeah. With, you know, God. What we thought could be a setback, hmm. but in the mind of God, actually, He had it all worked out. That's right. You know, well in advance. And, yeah. And it was a. He's worked it out for for a great thing. Hmm. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and the two ways shared about how she is. Um, uh, James Bonda's wife, her, the two of them are spending a little bit of time together. Oh, good. So it was interesting to hear her share in terms of her desire to spend time with the, uh, you know, with the Chichewa women. Hmm. And so she shared that from up front, hmm. one of the, one of the meetings at the close of one of the meetings. So it was good to hear her heart to just, you know, as a missionary there, uh, just to get to know hmm. the ladies more. Hmm. And and so that's starting to happen with with um, with Bonda's wife, and so yeah, see how that develops, hmm. you know, hmm. down the road for yeah. her to have a ministry to the ladies there. Hmm. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, I think that's cool. Good for me for yeah. Malawi. Well, I know so, that uh, yeah. there were probably many that were praying for you and yeah. praying for your trip. And Yeah, we appreciate it. I know Annette and I was and you. Um, mentioned it to yeah. the Karen while we were there that yeah. uh, you were in Malawi and meeting yeah. with those folks. And So so how was Thailand? Yeah. Uh, give us some update and details. Yeah. And, sure. Yeah. Yeah, it was very encouraging. It was it was good to just be with them again, um, you know, after, after living there. Huh? After two years. Yeah, yeah, it'd been two years. And, you know, after spending so much time with them through the years, you know, when we lived there as a missionary, and those people are just very, very near and dear to our hearts. Yeah. And, and um, we keep in, you know, close contact with them. And and uh, so just to be able to be there, and it was like going home again, yeah. you know, just being with family. And, um, you know, those things have really really changed there a lot a lot of growth and expansion um a lot of just even in the cities you know even in chiang mai and and all like that just things have just changed a lot mm -hmm. and a lot of um just you know how it is it's things expand and increase and sure and then get up to the village and it was the same way and there's just so many every time we go up there there's new houses popping up you mm -hmm. know in different places and and all like that and you know it was it was really funny. I mean, the, so the purpose in going was a few months ago, not to the main, one of the main church leaders of the church um, and who had been my language informant all the years we were there, um, called and said that they're planning a, um, a giant um, Christmas celebration mm -hmm. and inviting believers from all over, and they wanted to know if we could come. And, and they specifically, you know, said anyone from FBC that would want to come, you know, we would love to have them. And he specifically named John and Jill Dennis. Mm. Mm. And because John and Jill have been, they've gone with us. Um, this is probably the fifth or sixth time that they've gone. And way back, a number of years ago, we, um, you know, they just came to us and said that, you know, that if there's ever a trip that they could go along on, you know, on their own dime, they yeah. would, they would like to right. go with us sometime. And, 
and we said well we're we're going to thailand and you'd be welcome to come along mm -hmm. and they did and and they got hooked mm -hmm. and they just you know fell in love with the people yeah, and yeah. the people mm -hmm. fell in love with them and, and you know it's just really interesting the karen the karen don't speak english you know the there's a couple of guys that have had enough exposure that you know they can they can say a few simple things mm -hmm. in english but but really not you much. know it's it, yeah it's not yeah. like any other country yeah. we go to and and so so they're there and the only way that you know john and jill could communicate anything is through us the right. only way that any Karen could communicate anything to them is through us and but the love of christ you know shines through your life yeah, you know through yeah. action and through your countenance and 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 so you know they just they, they fell in love with the people and i think it became very obvious to the people yeah. and kind of and then they went again and then again and and it's to the point where you know mm -hmm. oftentimes when i see john in church he's often asking me you know have you heard from the boys yeah meaning the Karen guys <laughs> right you know and and uh, really, they really love them and care about them. And, and then the, the Karen, you know, whenever we're there, there's been times we've gone without John and Jill. Mm -hmm. And they specifically want to know how John and Jill are doing. Right, and right, so this, this right. relationship has been built. And yeah. one of our trips there um, a, few, a couple times ago, um, one of the guys in the village, he's not a believer, his wife is his wife comes to church which is kind of odd for Karen families usually they come as a family um, but this guy he's a he's very industrious he's a very hard worker um, and he was and w you know while we were there we had started a coffee project we had mm. uh, set up a demonstration site where we were introducing natural farming techniques um, the Karen would traditionally do a slash and burn farming where they just cut everything down and burn it right and then that's really hard on the land very hard yeah. lots of erosion mm -hmm. um, then they um, then in the recent years they had gone into cash crops like cabbage and and now corn that um, where they're using a lot of chemical fertilizers and pesticides and all that kind of stuff, which is even harder on the land. Mm -hmm. So we, while we were there, we had introduced um, you know some natural farming techniques to where you're rotating crops. Your, you know, their their land is on mountainsides, and you've mm -hmm. seen it. It's very mm -hmm. very steep, mm -hmm. and so uh, we were encouraging them to plant these hedgerows of nitrogen fixing crops that would help prevent the erosion be putting nitrogen back into the ground rotating your rice crops with other things like beans that are nitrogen fixing and yeah. to but it's a it's a i mean it's a slow it's a slow process yeah. it's you're not going to get the return that you know today like you get from planting cabbage mm. and corn and that kind of thing and 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 then one of the other things we were planting in that demonstration site was coffee just trying to get a coffee project going right. and it Not just mentioned you like good coffee right <laughs> yeah yeah and but it never took off okay you know it just it just um you know we had a guy hired to oversee the project and mm -hmm. i went with him to receive a lot of the natural farming training and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and implemented it you know there and everything but you know when we left pretty much the project died okay. um and but the coffee continued on and 
and um, they weren't really um, expanding it or really, you know, taking care of it. But this other guy, his name's Joe Cleet, um, he just he decided he wanted to start planting coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had seen this coffee little coffee grove that we had going yeah. there and stuff. And is and he so, the guy? Um, when we were there with Victor and Adriana, that the same guy? Yeah. We went and saw right. his grove? Right, exactly. Okay. Oh, great, yeah. yeah, all right. Yeah, and well, so on this trip, you know, a few a few times ago, Joe Cleet, he's, he's bagging up um, coffee seeds, you know, uh, ground and in okay. these coffee beans to, to plant and start these seedlings. And, and so um, John got a, got a burden for him mm. and you know wanted to help him and gave him a financial gift to be able to get more materials uh, more bags more you know all that kind of stuff fertilizer and the things that he needed to get it going mm. to expand it and this was uh, I don't know maybe five six years ago maybe more like eight years ago okay um, or yeah maybe even ten it's it's been it's been a while and to go back now, you know, like when we were there, mm-hmm. you and I were there two years ago, to go and see this coffee grove mm-hmm. that he has gone, mm-hmm. he has a few thousand trees wow. going. Wow. The year you and I were there, he had gathered over 600 kilos, which is like 1,200 pounds of yeah. green coffee, um, and taken out and sold to a middleman. And this year um it wasn't ready to be harvested yet but he's he's expecting over a thousand kilos was over a ton of coffee and then next year he's he's wanting to get some of the equipment so that he no longer has to sell to a middleman Mm -hmm. who um who will take it further like all he was all he's doing is just picking the beans with the berry that's got a red berry around the outside and selling it like that he wants to take the process to the next couple stages where he has the machinery to take off the the berry on the outside um, and and I think even dry it to a point where the inner hull can be taken off as well. Okay. Then he can sell it at a much, much higher right. price point. Hmm. And so, you know, here's a guy that John on, you know, mm-hmm. Jill and one of their trips yeah. years ago invested in right. Right. and and now to be able to go back and walk through his coffee grove and yeah. see how it's taken off and it was I think it was really really encouraging mm. to them mm. and sure and so it was yeah. it was cool that they could go back again and Joe Cleet obviously had remembered him and mm-hmm. remembered him mm-hmm. as someone who had helped him and mm-hmm. it was very appreciative mm-hmm. and and all that so um, the the um, Christmas celebration was it's um, it, it's very it, 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 the Karen guys were viewing it as a very important thing for them and in their relationship in the community with unbelievers um, the you know the celebration isn't so much for unbelievers it's more for the church and believers to get together and celebrate you know the God's grace and mm-hmm. sending mm-hmm. Jesus um, but in the cultural mind and the, you know, Karen cultural mindset that, you know, by tradition, they're animists, they're worshiping spirits. Mm-hmm. 
and when things aren't going according to you know what you need and want from the spirits like your kid gets sick and they're not getting better and uh, through all your sacrifices that you're doing or you know the the weather isn't cooperating you're not you're either getting too much rain or not enough rain and the rice crop isn't good Mm -hmm. then you know they start doing these divinations to find out what spirits are offended and need to be appeased and what sacrifices need to be made and well eventually you know when needs aren't being met through those processes then okay uh, here's these group of believers these group of christians and they're meeting i'm gonna i'm gonna try christianity mm-hmm. and so that often happens mm-hmm. and and we've found through the years that people have to be brought to that point in order to even be willing to come and listen to anything yeah right right um they have to be brought to the point where i think i want to become a christian and then at that point they'll they'll be willing to begin to listen and so for the you know it's now been uh we've had believers there in the village now since 1995 um Hmm. so that's what five 24 years years. uh, that that there have been believers there right and a lot of growth and establishment has taken Mm -hmm. place and you know the those initial believers met in the home of one of the first families Mm -hmm. then they were able to build this little bamboo hut to begin meeting in as a church you know it it at least wasn't a house right you know its own designated Right. place set of you know, set for the church to be that right right and in the you know and this is taking place over the period of time then they were able to build a bigger wooden building to mm-hmm. use as a more you know more have more room but a, a better built more higher quality building to meet in which was right next to the little hut mm-hmm. and the little hut was used as like children's sunday school and um and so, and then during the course of time, the believers are, you know, continuing to become established, interacting with the village, interacting with unbelievers, and and at times the unbelievers wanting to kick them out of the village and have them move out and begin their own area on mm-hmm. their own, mm-hmm. and but God always divinely intervening and never forcing, you know, making that yeah. have to happen. Yeah. And then eventually the the little hut was torn down, and and a second building uh, wooden structure was was made and it was better than the first one and so then that one becomes the main church gathering and then the 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 one below it becomes the children's Mm -hmm. and teens area to meet and meet separate during the church service and and then what was it 2013 i think it was 12 or 13 um they decided that you know it was time to build a a more, um, you know, even higher quality, nicer cement mm-hmm. uh, building. And, you know, we as a missions program contributed some to that. They mm-hmm. as a church, um, you know, gave to that and mm-hmm. they themselves funded a lot of it. Mm-hmm. The Karen Baptist uh, organization that they're a part of there in Thailand, they uh, they gave towards it. Um, and, and so they've been meeting in that ever since. Okay. Well, they've got believers coming from other villages um, that they're just not a part of a big enough gathering there to really meet together. Uh, some are of them those, are in. Are those believers coming every week? Yeah. Okay. 
And then some of them are in villages where just the unbelievers refuse to allow them to meet together. Mm-hmm. And so they're they're coming. Well, well, they're to the point now where they're wanting to find another area um, and build even a bigger church. It's in Maypay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so mm. my point in sharing all this is just that the the way that they're so established in and the you know the, these buildings that God has enabled them to be able to build what that mm-hmm. communicates to the unbelievers is just the credibility of Christianity mm-hmm. the credibility of you know this these these beliefs that this these group of believers have and yeah. this God that they're following mm-hmm. and that it's not going away that it's mm-hmm. actually increasing and it's mm-hmm. growing and it's becoming more and more established and more and more credible right and so that for them to have this big christmas celebration Mm. where you have believers coming from many different other areas of of karen karen villages um that it just it was a it was just an i think just a you know a real testimony to the unbelievers of of just the credibility of Christianity, right. that it's not just an isolated thing yeah. here in Maypay, that, you know, you have all these other well-established, influential Karen believers coming from other areas. Right. And, right. and so that was that was kind of why they were viewing it as being so important to right. do. Right. Um, to be an influence and to communicate that to the un- unbelievers. Yeah. 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 And so, so since it's about a bit of a outreach mindset right. to communicate that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not just about them and getting yep. together to celebrate, but communicating to the unbelievers. Yep. Yeah. Mm. So the celebration was held on Saturday, this this past Saturday, the 14th. And it um, began in the morning and went until 11 at night, okay. something like that. Um, the very next morning, Sunday morning in church, was an older couple in the village unbelievers had never been a part of the church Mm. never come to the church that have been a part of a family and part of a clan that has been very opposed to the church and the christians in the past and so they i mean they very much feel that you know Mm. them coming and just seeing the you know the Mm -hmm. scope Mm -hmm. of of all this and the Mm -hmm. credibility of Christians and Christianity yeah. that that had an effect on them, sure. and, yeah. and so wow, and they were. I mean, mm. they even in tr- in the church service even highlighted that this couple were there, and and, and you know, and they're in front of everyone, and and, and this couple mm-hmm. just praising God for you know His work in their life yeah. and bringing them to this point, right. and that they would you know want you yeah. know are desirous of wanting to become right. Christians and. Is there any significance that it would be an older couple or, or not necessarily culturally? Yeah. Is there any, any significance to that? It is in the okay. sense that usually, you know, the older you are, the more stuck in your ways you are. Right, right. And so, you know, this is someone that they probably have never even been to school. This this couple's pretty old. Right. And, you know, they've been spirit worshipers, animists, mm-hmm. you know, for decades. Mm-hmm. And are very stuck in their ways and very established in in these things. And you know, Christianity is a you know it is a new thing, right? In that in that regard, right? Um, yeah. And so, yeah, yeah, just to be brought to that point is, you know, it's 
you, you, I think you would, you know, expect it more of the younger generation, you sure. know, embracing change yeah. than you do the, yeah. and, and the current are even more so that way. Right, right. And so, yeah, it was. Not it, that any of us are, you know, in the numbers, you know, necessarily, but yeah. give us a feel for, you know, how many people were at the celebration and people coming from different villages. And I assume people that came from different villages, spent the night and then were at church the next morning or, or not necessarily. Some did. Many yeah. returned. Um, yeah. yeah, but there were there were definitely some. Yeah. Um yeah, there was um there there had to have been somewhere around seven or eight hundred people. Wow. Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> okay, so I've been to the I've been to the the newest church that you're describing. Yeah. And it doesn't hold seven or eight hundred people. No, this was held so, over on the school grounds. So where was it? Okay, yeah, over all right. The school. That's a that's a, that's a you know, think about our sanctuary here. Um, if it's full, full of people. Yeah, nine hundred nine hundred people. Yeah. So that's that's kind of just giving us a feel for what we're talking about here. Yeah, is that amount of people that that came? Yeah, and this is a a very remote area mm-hmm. and the other villages that you're talking about are even more remote yeah than maype this yeah. is a this wow yeah and I they know that. and this they fed them all thing. wow the, the karen the, the church in maype fed wow. them all yeah we, yeah mm. yeah they have like pig roast i mean i've been a pig roast i've yep. been a part of pig roast there through the years yep. gone by and <laughs> yeah they had a lot of pork and a lot of veggies a lot of other things they had wow. these giant <clears throat> i got these pictures and video footage of these giant cauldrons of food you know on a fire the ladies stirring them you know yeah. and just multiple pots yeah. that huge you know all being made at the same time and so would you say most of the 800 were believers oh, yeah yeah okay. yeah there were there were a lot i mean the only unbelievers that were there were from our village uh-huh. and there were definitely many of them um i don't know it was dark uh, there was a few lights set up. Um, you know, the 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 day kind of began with sports during the during in the morning, and then uh, and then there was lunch, and then into the afternoon, and then uh, late afternoon, early evening, people started arriving from other places. I mean, some did come earlier for the sports, some of the right. younger groups, and um, then the rest just came for the big meal. Yeah, <laughs> no, just right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, there was a there was a um, you know a, a celebration program yeah. you know that evening and a main speaker and um, uh, you know some skits and s- right. a lot of singing right um, that kind of thing wow and so it was held on the school grounds which is a big flat area and mm-hmm. there was a big real big cement pad and a lot of um, tarps were laid out for people to to sit on right well then a lot of chairs were set up too. And but most of the unbelievers, I think, were kind of like sitting on the outskirts, you know, sitting on the edge, watching and listening, kind of checking it out. Not so much sitting in the middle of things, right. you know, on the on the right. tarps on the cement pad. Yeah. But there were, yeah. I mean, there were people all around wow. sitting, listening. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, again, not that we're into numbers, but you know, I, you know, God's giving me the chance to be there with you guys a lot you know Rachel and I were there a long time ago with you yeah. guys uh, in the early days but to think about God you know just reaching into that many people's lives mm-hmm. in that area yeah and for there to be a gathering like that 
uh, it's just kind of blowing my mind actually a little bit to 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 envision something like that taking place. I mean, that, that yeah, that, that's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And then mm. you know, of course, that was we had gotten there um, uh, up to the village on Monday. Um, would have been a week ago Monday. So we were, we were there all week before the celebration took mm-hmm. place. And so it was it was really good to, you know, sit around and visit people, visit the guys and just talk about the church, talk about their families, talk yeah. about, you know, how they're doing and and that kind of thing and where things are at. And um, it was really interesting how, you know, when, when Annette and I first moved up to that village, um, there wasn't anybody, nobody had a truck, nobody even had a motorcycle, there wasn't even a bicycle, I mean nothing, Right. nothing. Right. My motorcycle was the first motorcycle up there, you yeah. know, of somebody that lived there, our truck, the first truck. Um, today, there's so many trucks and motorcycles, you can't count them all. Mm-hmm. There's people that have um, two, three, four vehicles, there's Kubota tractors. Mm, there's guys mm. with even excavators up mm. there now that mm. I didn't see them, but they were telling me. Right, like, right. Man, <laughs> just the the growth, yeah. you know, the prosperity that's taken place there, and and so not too was he made the comment that I asked. I asked him. I said, so what would you say? You know, is the church's greatest need right now? And and he. And he wasn't just talking about the church, but he was just talking about Karen culture in general, how it's changing. That you know, before it was the, you know, the the everything was everything was control. Everything they did was controlled by the spirits and their fear of the spirits and wanting to make sure that everything is done right so they don't break any taboos because that's where bad things come from. The spirits mm-hmm. are upset and they make things happen and. And so that, I mean, that controlled and governed their lives. Right. And he said, he said, it's, it's not so much that anymore. It's this competition. He, in the way he described it, he said, this competition between people to see who can own the most, most stuff. Wow. Wow. I mean, how many times yeah. have we heard that sure. said about our own culture, Absolutely. you know, our own, you know, the yeah. materialism. Materialism. And that's exactly, yeah. huh. that's exactly how he described it. Mm. And mm-hmm. keep and, up with the Joneses. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're, they're no, they're not as, you know, even the unbelievers, they're, many of them are moving away from, you know, the, yeah, I think they're, they're still, you know, they're still doing ceremonies and they're still doing sacrifices and that kind of thing. But the, the fear of everything is just far less. And it's not because, you know, I mean, as unbelievers, they're not, you know, they're, they're, I mean, they're turning to materialism is what they're turning to. Right, right. They're, they've become they've made more yeah. money than they've ever made yeah. before and they're buying these brand new brand new trucks mm-hmm. I mean not just used trucks brand wow. new trucks wow and and just the amount of money that's being made now in corn and cabbage mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff and and so it hmm. you know it, it also then brings its challenges into the church sure you know yeah but it was fun sitting there talking with them that you know, it, it, really, it doesn't matter what the issues are. You know, if 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 it wasn't materialism, mm-hmm. you know, in the church, mm-hmm. it, it would be other fleshly manifestations. Right, right. Because that's 
That's yeah. our problem. Yeah. Our yeah. problem isn't yeah. isn't our you know isn't necessarily in the individual issues that right. you have right. as a believer, but it's in the source yeah. of those issues. Right. And that yeah. that source is always the same, whether your issue is yeah. you know materialism or gluttony right. or drunkenness right. or anger or pride or lust or you know whatever other manifestation there is and and so it 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 gave us really good opportunity again to just you know emphasize the the importance of you know discipleship right and what real discipleship is and and you know really what our goal is in discipleship and when you establish the goal of discipleship which is christ likeness Mm -hmm. uh it's learning to walk less in the flesh and more in the spirit right when you understand that that's that's where you're headed and that's your goal then that determines how you go about it right you know, that determines right. your process for discipleship yeah which again comes back to the foundational teaching and the content of that teaching right. and so you know mm. there it, it's mm. just it was exciting to I mean, here here's a cultural shift that's taken place you know in their lives and in their community and it's it's bringing to light new fleshly manifestations Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but the answers are always the same and they've always had it they've always had the answer yeah Yeah. and which is the finished work of christ and their identification with christ and walk in the spirit not in the flesh right and so it was really wow yeah that's really interesting yeah so previously it was in their flesh they were occupied with the spirit world yep and not that that's gone away completely yep but now in their flesh the unbelievers are more occupied with materialism yeah mixed with some spirit worship right but more the materialisticness of 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 things has kind of taken over right. to a degree their right occupation with the spirit world yep wow and that's very interesting. Yeah. Wow. And then that's really exactly that's exactly what we were talking about uh, when you were talking about Malawi with First Corinthians. Mm-hmm. That you know, I mean, that's what Paul is doing. You're you're not spiritual. You're carnal. Here's the proof of your carnality. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't matter what their issue was. It didn't matter if your issue was division or if your issue was taking one another to court or if your issue was abusing the Lord's Supper. Mm-hmm. Um, the root cause was the carnality right walking in the flesh and not in the spirit right and so it was yeah. you know, it's the same with with the Quran. it's the same mm-hmm. with our culture it's the same mm-hmm. with every culture and so it's it um it again just it made me so thankful for the way that god has led us through the years and i i think you know just and again not because we're anything in sure. and of ourselves, right. but just because of His grace and mercy and what He is, you know, how He has chosen to work in our lives and, yep. and through our ministry and through this church, mm-hmm. that, you know, we're, you know, I, I think we're on track with, you know, the, the truths that truly establish people in the faith. Right. right. And that even though they're seeing a new cultural manifestation of the flesh. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm-hmm. They've had they've had the answers all along, right? You know, and right. and continue to establish people in those truths. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah. and so Sunday I had the opportunity to share a little bit, and and they had um, a couple of the other pastors from other areas had stayed over and were there, and so they actually had one of those guys um, speak the main message Sunday, but then gave me the opportunity to 
you know, share whatever I th- thoughts I had or mm-hmm. whatever I wanted to share. And so, um, I, I just spoke along those lines of, you know, that it was, it, that it was encouraging, you know, it was interesting for Annette and I to come back and just, and just see mm. the amount mm. of vehicles and everything that's there yeah. and the prosperity. Yeah. And, but to even, you know, I, and I told him, I said, I, I praise God for the way that he's blessed you and, yeah. and, yeah. and given you these opportunities to make money and get new vehicles and, right. and all this stuff. But, but don't put your heart in these sure. things, right. you know, just enjoy yep. them as gifts from God. And right. our hope, our hope, you know, in this life is the place that he's preparing for us. Right. Not the place that we're, you know, trying yeah. to yep. create for ourselves here. Right. And, and uh, I said, you know, it doesn't mm. matter if, if God gives you the opportunity to live in a mansion in Bangkok or, or live yeah. in a mud hut, you right. know, up here in the mountains. Right. Yeah. Compared to, and we read, you know, in um, John 14, 1 through 4, Jesus has promised to go and prepare a place mm-hmm. for us. Compared to the place that he's preparing for us. Right. Um, the Karen mm. have this, um, you know, there's different insects and bugs and all that up there. They have this one... It's called a kikat and and karen. It's a it's a dung beetle, and it lives in cow pies and <laughs> and eats. I guess eats you know Ugh, nice. maybe the other bugs <laughs> that you know once the, the the decay starts and maybe eats the other bugs that are in the cow pie. But it's living in the cow pie, mm-hmm. and you know. And I, so I said, I said, you know, com- the place that Jesus is preparing for us. You know, the, yeah. what we're living in here, whether it's a mansion or a mud hut, all of it is compare. you know, all of it is is the, the yeah. house of a key cat, right, you know, right, the house right. of a dung beetle compared to, <laughs> you know, what he's prepared for us up there. Yeah. And, um, yeah. and so well, it was just, you know, it was encouraging that, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to, um, you know, with, with the way that we go about trying to establish people in the faith, mm-hmm. teaching foundationally yeah. and the emphasis on the finished work of Christ and understanding that, you know, whatever your fleshly stronghold is. Right, right. And we all have them. We sure. all have fleshly strongholds. We all have fleshly mm-hmm. manifestations. Whether, yeah. you know, whatever it is, the, 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 the source is the flesh right. and the solution is to walk in the spirit. Right. And so it was just, you know, you don't, we don't have to, we don't, we don't have to focus on these fleshly manifestations yeah. or these fleshly issues right. as the way, you right. know, as the, the solution to yeah. discipleship or the, yeah, uh, the source of discipleship. I mean, I think, you know, once that foundation is laid and there are fleshly manifestations, I think it's appropriate maybe to do what Paul did sure. in First Corinthians and highlight right. them as manifestations of the flesh. But, but okay. So, so the Corinthian believers stop taking each other to court, and they stop, di- you know, di- dividing, and they stop, you know, uh, trying to exalt themselves through their spiritual gifts. Right. Well, what does that make them? Mm-hmm. You know, what is, does that make them more spiritual? Not necessarily. Right. They might be just as fleshly. Right. Right. And so, so again, the teaching yep. um, years gone by, as you shared in our last time together years gone by the teaching wasn't against spirit worship right teaching was about god right and so two weeks ago you shared how teaching about god 
about God who created the spirits mm-hmm. and lesson four freed Kwa Gong right before he's even saved to right. go into the graveyard right. and I actually shared that story in Malawi right um, uh-huh. and so it's not teaching against the spirits mm-hmm. it's just teaching about God mm-hmm. that frees them from the spirits mm-hmm. and it's not teaching about it's not teaching against materialism hmm. right that's going to free them from materialism right. is teaching exactly. them about god that's exactly. going to free them from materialism so i think that's that's what you're saying right it's not teaching against the spirit worship right it's not teaching against materialism it's teaching about god and all that is true of him and right. who he is and true of us because we are in him right and that frees us to be truly enjoying him yeah. and walking with him right free the spirits free of materialism, free of taking people to court, free of adultery, yeah. free of all these things yeah. that we're talking about. Yeah. It's just it's just laying out God and, and his greatness and his truth and you know yeah. the truth and the truth will set you free. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. It's, it's all about him. Yeah. yeah, yeah, amen. Yeah, and then just one last highlight. You know, we, we took our oldest grandson, Isaiah, along. Mm. And... Um, you know his his um, his mother uh, Naomi uh, and Joel's wife Rachel are sisters, mm-hmm. and their parents are missionaries in Thailand. Well, their their grandparents on their on their uh, on okay Naomi and Rachel's grandparents on their mother's side uh, they they'd been missionaries in Thailand since the late forties, um, and then they finally left the field um, in just before we moved back. So it was around 2004 or 2003 or five or something like that. Um, well, the, the, the place that they had ministered in for many, many, many years, we call CDM. It was the National Training Center. And it's, um, it's like two hours from our village. And so while Isaiah was with us, we took him with us, um, we wanted to take him down there to see the place where his great-grandparents had ministered for many, many years. Well, it turned out to be their their break, but there was still a a missionary couple there that uh, they had come to the field six years or so after we had gotten to the field, and we got to know them through the years there. And um, Well, one of the younger couples from our church um, a number of months ago had called me and and said that you know he just wanted some counsel and some direction he's wanting some more wanting to become more grounded wanting to go off to a place and study the bible more um, you know more focused mm-hmm. and and then and the place that he was talking about going um, just really wasn't in line with you know our doctrine and okay. and 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 how you know the doctrine that we had established our church there on and so i encouraged them to go to cdm go okay. to this national training place by it's you know by new tribes or now ethno 360 and and so this couple have been students there well unbeknownst to me we the day we took isaiah down and to go visit that location this couple um everyone else was gone but the missionary couple and then this young couple from our village Mm. and they were sticking around during the break to work to work there on the grounds and to you know they'd help pay for some of their bill through working and that kind of thing 
Well, it turns out that this couple have been having some relationship struggles, issues in their marriage. Hmm. And so because we were there, the missionary then talked to us about it. We speak their language mm-hmm. and, and all like that. And this was, this was on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Their plan was to come up on Saturday for the Christmas celebration and be there and then Sunday after church go back. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that was only going to give us, you know, a Short day time. and a half right. to spend with them. And most of that time is going to be, you know, the celebration. Right. and me. So we were going to have really zero yeah. time to talk with them. You've been real busy. So right then and there we, okay, uh, can you come back to the village sooner? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the wife and, and son got in the vehicle with us mm-hmm. and we brought them back to the village mm-hmm. and the husband got on his bike and he, mm-hmm. so they were up there for the rest of the time. Awesome. And so we were able to, yeah, yeah, sit down and meet with them and, yeah. and, uh, yeah. you know, just share these exact same truths, you know, that we're, we're talking about. The issue isn't, you know, who's doing right and who's doing wrong and what she's doing and what you're doing. The issue is, yeah. are you walking in the flesh or are you walking in the spirit? Right. That's right. your issue in yeah. your marriage. Yeah. And, um, and so we, um, we got not to, and his wife and not what, you know, some of the other church mm-hmm. leaders and couples and sat down and Annette and I, and talked with them together. And, and so it was just, um, mm. just really thankful for the way that God worked. And, you know, had we not had Isaiah along, we probably wouldn't have taken the time to go visit the right. national training center. Right. And, but because we did, you know, sure found all yeah. that out. And so again, it just comes back to another testimony yeah. of it's God, this is God's work and he leads and guides and directs us to, you know, where he wants us, when he wants us right. to minister to, you know, who he wants. And, right. Right. And, um, one question I had was um, with the main guys, not to not quad quad gong. Do you see them like raising up new leaders or the kind of the next generation of leaders? Not quad, not to. Are they they about your age? And you know, so do you see the next generation of leaders coming up? Or yeah, or, there or what's, is. What's that look like? Yeah, they're. Um, there, there's definitely more they could be doing um, in terms of being real specific with, yeah. you know, putting some of these. I mean, okay, they are they are putting, you know, some guys into some leadership roles. Okay. It's more of governing roles and decision-making roles and right. like that than it is really teaching roles. Teaching and discipleship. Okay. Um, so there's definitely, um, it would be good to see them doing more of that. Okay. Um, but they're, they have been, you know, from the time we left until now, they, they continue to just, you know, begin at the beginning and teach all the way through and come back to the beginning and teach all the way through yeah. and come back to the beginning and teach all the way through. And they're on their, I don't know, fifth or sixth time. That was, through. I was, that's what I was going to ask. So how many yeah. times have they been through it? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Oh. and so yeah. in terms of, people being you know established in the faith you know i i think they've done a great job of really building a foundation yeah, yeah. um you know i, I think in in terms of our involvement with them in the future and encouragement and stuff it's it needs to be more along the lines of really encouraging them to you know be more specific and more direct and deliberate in and you know getting some of these younger guys right, into right. ministry roles right yeah where they're actually teaching and discipling right and, yeah 
um, you know, how much, how much goes on, you know, in the course of daily lives and in the village and other places and in their homes, you know, in the lives of people and what's mm-hmm. shared. And I mean, who knows? Right. You right, know, right. Sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. So awesome. I think that pretty yeah. much sums it up and yeah. Well, great to hear that. Yep. Amen. And, um, and uh, thankful to the Lord for giving us both the opportunities for, for both of these, yeah, both of these trips. Amen. And, um, yeah. Yep. Amen. So thanks for joining us yep. this time. And thank you for your prayers. And, you know, during our, uh, both of us being gone last yeah. week and the times we had with the people. And um, it's, uh, God is, you know, it's, again, it's another, it's just always encouraging to go and visit and just see, you know, to, to, to see, not not that we doubt that God is faithful, but to actually go and see that He just right. continues to be faithful, yeah. and that and that how He's using us and what He's using us to do is genuinely establishing people in the faith, and it's you know and establishing their churches. It's just it's just really encouraging, right? Yeah, and um, absolutely. You know, if it wasn't for this church, if it wasn't for the body and the prayers and the financial support and everything that comes through this body by the body. Um, you know, none of this would be taking place. That's and right. so we're, we're yeah. extremely thankful for FBC yep. and everyone that's a part of it. Yeah. Yep. So, thank you. Take care.